government mandated podcast is made possible by an order from the federal government. A series of corporate sponsors, each more insidious than the last, and listeners like you. You look parched. Parched, huh? Mm-hmm. You look like you have a powerful thirst. I am so thirsty. Oh, yeah, you are, girl. Anyway, mm. now it got <laughs> real. <laughs> it just that fast. Okay, just but... that fast. It got untoward. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I was in the grocery store on the way home, and I happened to see a bit of nostalgic beverage, and since. We did Ecto Cooler. <laughs> we did. It felt wrong to not pick up a few Crystal Pepsis. Oh wow! Yep. So crystal I guess Pepsi. I guess we're working with some sponsor sponsorship, some synergy here. Yeah, but I don't really want like a crate of Pepsi. Well, they need well they need our brand help, brand. Clearly, you gotta understand. <laughs> if there's anyone that can bring more recognition to the Pepsi brand than government mandated podcast, the podcast with maybe. A hundred listeners. That's right. <laughs> then I don't know what is. It's guerrilla marketing. We're <laughs> we're on the streets. We got the pulse of the people, Ran. That's right. People come to us when they want to know what's hip, what's cool, what's now. Yeah, and they want to know what non caramel coloring beverages taste like. Mm-hmm. So, Ran, what's your what's your recollection of Crystal Pepsi? Do you remember having mostly this at that all? it existed? Yeah, and you- then. Uh, it didn't, and there was a backlash. Yeah. That's I w- what I remember. I was in that backlash. I was in the streets after I had <laughs> heard the pulse of the people, and I had my flaming pitchfork, which mm-hmm. is more efficient, really, because normally you bring a pitchfork torch. and yeah. a torch. Yeah. This is both. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's just smart, smart mobbing, really. It's true. But okay, we've got a Crystal Pepsi each here. And we're going to take our first taste of it since, what, 92? I don't know. Whenever um, it was a thing last. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to taste this and see how it is. Well, what do you, what do you think? It tastes like sugar water. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it very much still tastes like a Pepsi to me, but like... It's missing something. Yeah, it's a less obnoxious Pepsi. Would you agree with that? Cause I don't find Pepsi particularly obnoxious. Do you not? I I, don't I mean, know. I like Coke better mm-hmm. of the two, like brown sugar water. Brand, shut up! We're trying to we're trying to cross brand here. Oh, don't. sorry. Uh, Pepsi is clearly the choice I'll make, mm-hmm. especially with this new Crystal Pepsi. Yes, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I find Pepsi to have a weird aftertaste normally. But this uh, this is good. This is pretty good. And I'm not a big soda person anyway, but mm-hmm. this is... Uh, it kind of just, like, it has, like, a taste to me just like if you had taken a spoonful of sugar and put it in your mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. Like well, kind according of... to our last episode, it'll help the podcast go down. Yes, that's true. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's my review. Tastes a lot like if you dissolved sugar in water <laughs> and then carbonated it, High I guess. praise. High praise. Well, that is out with the old, I guess, and in with the new. And by the new, I mean uh, our new setup here. Yep. We have 
moved away from our kitchen table and uh we are now recording in a small room uh this this room is technically the second bedroom to our home i don't know what kind of bed they're putting in here yeah. a tiny one for babies <laughs> well what was it before ran uh it was my closet it was my walk-in closet or uh room that i dumped all my clothes in <laughs> uh which i moved all of my clothing down to the basement and uh and my makeup station slash uh vanity table whatever your strategic planning table <laughs> where you lay out all your blueprints for the day <laughs> heist movie style yes i moved all of that down to the basement so that's been interesting so far it's very noisy down there because of the air conditioning equipment but on the upside you don't have a hole in the floor that's and true. <laughs> you can't hear weird alley arguments that's true the, the the lack of weird alley arguments while i'm getting dressed is a is a good thing because nobody likes to be topless when they're hearing somebody yell about how much of a fucking bitch they are outside <laughs> um <laughs> um okay but uh yeah we are in this new podcasting studio so i wanted to say to the listeners if uh it sounds weird uh, let us know let us know uh i know you've become accustomed to a certain level of professionalism and sound uh-huh. quality that's why you listen to our show and not, I don't know, uh, Joe Rogan's program. Oh, God. That's the only reason you would listen to this show and not Joe Rogan's show. Certainly not because Joe Rogan does nothing but yell at you for, like, however long his podcast is. I've never listened. Maybe No, he- maybe he speaks really like, hey, guys, I'm Joe Rogan. What's up? Uh, I'm Joe Rogan. I'm, uh, I'm saving all to- my yells for talking over UFC tonight, so I'm going to talk to y'all real sweet, real quiet. I'm uh, here to tell you about a new Jazz Fusion album, Joe Rogan. Hey guys, I'm Joe Rogan, and I want to talk to you about my favorite hot cocos. <laughs> it's uh, perfect to really warm you up on those winter days <laughs> in front of the hearth with family and loved ones. What I really like about this one is the uh, hint of peppermint stick. Oh, that's that's delicious. That's a real holiday treat. I uh, I like to put a, just a just a touch of chili powder <laughs> into my cocoa. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. No, <laughs> oh, this went off the fucking rails. <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> okay, now we're gonna be loud and we're gonna yell at you. Yeah. Sorry um, about that. <laughs> Hopefully, you didn't just find out you were into ASMR for some reason. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> In that bit, I actually talked about chili powder because it's it's a go-to when you're a spicy boy. Yes. RJ is a spicy boy. He has a theme song, which if you take the Black Keys song, Lonely Boy, and replace Lonely with Spicy. Yes. That's kind of how it goes. That's pretty much exactly how it goes. It goes like this. I'm a spicy boy. I'm a spicy boy. Oh, 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 oh. And uh, you've said to me off mic that anytime you hear that song now it makes you think of not the lonely boy it makes you think of spicy boy you can't hear that song and not think of yes we've done it so often now yeah it's become a a number one radio jam in this house that's right (laughs) it is the Katy perry firework of 2016 (laughs) Uh, i think i think that that's true um but i wanted to ask you too now living with a spicy boy has got to be gotta be tough on you well occasionally i know know. it depends on how spicy you're wanting to be yeah i try to make food probably too spicy probably all the time 
when you when you said i would like to put three habanero peppers in this burrito mix and then you were like you know what two instead i was like thank fucking god (laughs) a wipe of my brow i was i was trying to take into account because i know in the past i have i have tasted things and said that that's pretty all right that's not too (laughs) spicy and it has been and then i'll say oh my god (laughs) my face is melting off of the bone volcanically spicy yeah He's done that before, definitely. Um, I think I'm thinking in specific of a perhaps a previous batch of burrito mix. Maybe so. You got to be aware of your spicy privilege, and you've got to <laughs> check your spicy privilege and just be aware of it moving uh, forward. Yeah, and remember that you can always add hot sauce to anything, but you can't take away hot yes. sauce from anything. And if you're living right, then you then you always put hot sauce on everything. Right. In fact, you probably sit down with five to six bottles of hot sauce and you just have sort of a a taste a testing. tasting. Yeah. This sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh I think you may have brought home a bunch of tacos from Taco Bell and, I did. and have done this. <laughs> Got every hot sauce of which we have several out of our cabinet and done a taste testing. Now now, I, I do it with chicken McNuggets as well. <laughs> but uh in, in your perfect in your perfect world, Ran, if I'm not a factor in mm-hmm. the cooking, which mm-hmm. I do, I do probably, I don't know. what You do most of it these days. Yeah, I, I was going to be generous and say 75%, but I didn't want to sound like I was being too braggy. No, I mean, I used <laughs> when I came home earlier, I used to do a lot more cooking. But now that you get home like an hour or more before me every day, you're like, I'll just go ahead and cook. Mm. I think because you're hungry. And yes. you don't want to wait. I do this purely for selfish reasons. <laughs> it's so that when you get home, I can I can have dinner ready and waiting on the table. It's uh, very Donna Reed. Uh-huh. And I've got uh, an apron on. Yep. And it says, kiss the cook or else, motherfucker. <laughs> it's got like, I don't know, a skull that's on fire throwing up the horns with its skeletal hand. Yep. If somebody wants to cross a stitch that, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, in a perfect world where I am not cooking, uh, how spicy would you make your food? Okay, here's how, how spicy I like it. I want to absolutely detect that there is heat and spice in a dish, but I do not want it to hang around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't want it. To, I mean, I know spicy things, they will build up after a while, but I don't want eye watering. I don't want to have to put a whole lot of, like, bread or milk to the side of the table to cool my mouth down in between bites but i like a i like some amount of spice mm-hmm. i will say medium to medium hot you haven't gone full-on grandma no no you're you're pretty you like your food fairly spicy i'm just right it's just in I'm comparison in yeah it's I'm, just in comparison I, and i know i'm in the wrong here um what kind of spice, though? Uh, I know you like m- about medium or uh, mild to medium spicy, but when it comes to the kind of spice that you like, okay. uh, do you like a, a, a more dry heat or a, a vinegar-based heat? By the way, this is Spice Cast. You're listening to Spice Cast <laughs> with RJ and Rayan. Spice. <laughs> I had to do it. Uh, um, it's what you have to do when you're a Benny Jesuit. Yep. I mean, I like a hot sauce. I also like a... 
like a wasabi type spice. Oh yeah, now that's a whole nother. That's animal a different there. animal. Yeah. yeah. It, what I like about wasabi is that it'll it'll go away quickly. Mm-hmm. It hits you hard, but then it's like, all right, I'm backing off. I'm backing off. I'm not gonna <laughs> hang around for a while. It's, um, it's it's like that guy who uh, who insists on pouring himself like a double shot of the heaviest whiskey at the bar, <laughs> and then he right. takes it and he's like, ooh, wow, yeah, that was a, that was a bad idea. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna slow back on that. That's what that's wasabi. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, I, I don't know. Personally I'm not I'm not crazy about vinegar heat, vinegar mm-hmm. based heat. I don't know. I just like a hot sauce. I mean, I like a hot sauce, but if it's if it's just as much vinegar as it is, uh Oh, okay. I know, see what you're that saying. Vinegar didn't bring me to the party. Vinegar is, yeah, vinegar's not like, stop on by, buddy. And I'm like, mm, I'll swing by if I have time, vinegar. I gotta, I gotta go by Cayenne's place. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna have a good time with Sriracha. It's gonna be great. Texas Pete, you can just, uh, stay home flipping your horseshoes. I mean, I guess it depends on the application. Fair. I guess, I guess in a chicken wing, you want a, a vinegar, yeah, I'm but. A vinegar boy. Yeah, but then again, a good chicken wing to me. Is more than a vinegar boy. It's a vinegar boy plus lots of butter. You got to put yeah. that butter to yeah. balance that. And you like a crispy skin. Oh, who doesn't? You know, you get a lot of wings that are like little, little, sli- little, <laughs> little slimy wings. I'm real. I hope that you're all <laughs> eating right now. Mm, slimy wings. But you know what I'm talking about. From they like don't the... have. They don't have like good breading on them, or maybe any breading, and yeah. the skins like just. Eh, like they maybe they steamed these things or something. <laughs> they they took them from a Lovecraftian bat horror. Yeah, that's what they look like. <laughs> I can't stand those things. That's what you get from like any pizza place. Bad in my... pizza place wings. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like the worst. Okay, well, uh, I know this has been riveting for <laughs> people who are uh, fans of spice. But Ran, why are we doing the show this week? Okay, so as you know. We've had a lot of rain this summer. In fact, it's rained pretty much every day. Sometimes several times a day. I can't stand the rain. <laughs> Against my window. Anyway. um, <laughs> Well, I'm too busy being super duper fly. <laughs> so, in preparation for perhaps a flood of bl- biblical proportions, I decided I would build me a wooden boat, which I decided to name Ark. Is that an acronym or is it just, you know? It's short for absolutely really cool. <laughs> and cool with a K. Yeah. Because you're in King Crimson, apparently. Yeah, I am. Didn't you know? Oh, okay. <laughs> I married Robert Fripp. <laughs> I play the sassy sax in 21st Century Schizoid Man. Oh, oh so brassy. <laughs> <laughs> now we're on Prog Talk. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I built my sweet arc. I got into it, and what do you know? Fucking flash flood. I swept away. Ah, perfect timing. You couldn't have done better. Right. It was like somebody had told me to do it. Oh, who 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 told you? RJ, I got the, I think it came in through a, uh, a series of Rush songs. That's how I got the idea. Okay. You know, Getty Lee told me to do it, so we can stay with Prog Talk here. <laughs> anyway. That's, that's pretty good. Okay. The trees... That's the wood part. Chopping them down in the trees. You know. Oh, good. Um, well, if it's an arc, I can bring two of every animal and I'll bring two Bitor of the snow dogs. Yes, that sounds like a good idea. But okay. anyway, so, swept away. Back to scene. Yes. Back to the scene. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> no more digressions. <laughs> All right, we've done Same enough digressing that. this 
episode. <laughs> but yes, so you you had a flood. Yes, we were swept away. Mm-hmm. Me and I had loaded the boat up with two of every kind of chocolate from the grocery store. Oh, okay. So I wouldn't get hungry. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um. So we were floating around for a real long time. I got real bored. So I decided I would try and see if it was safe to come out of the boat. So I took all my Dove chocolates and threw them in the water. You know, like like Noah set the Dove out. Uh, see, this is the joke I'm trying uh, to make. I'm letting you into the process oh, here. Oh, okay. I'm and I'm I'm getting the joke really well. <laughs> anyway, no, it was a it wasn't great. This is like no, I just I thought you had some <laughs> I thought you had some uh, I thought you had some kind of rivalry with Dove chocolate. No, I was like. Fuck you, Dove. I was like, come on, Rand. You're okay at best. Stop starting fights with potential advertising clients. (laughs) First Pepsi, now Dove. Come on. So anyway, I dumped them Doves in the water. Uh They floated back up to the surface with a podcast. Don't ask me how. That's not important. (laughs) And ever since then, the podcast has been a universal symbol of peace. Well... Then I guess that makes this episode 19 of Government Mandated Podcast. Government Mandated Podcast is a podcast being made to avoid jail time. And because we want to spread that peace all over the world. Yes. By force of necessary. That's how we do it. (laughs) Greater peace through podcasting. Through violent uprising of podcasts. (laughs) Yep. That was a very good bit I did. It was great. It was great. I because I wasn't getting it. Nah, nah, it's cool, man. Nah. All right, let's move on. RJ, I need to know for this week what haven't you been telling me? Um, well, what I haven't been telling you was an interesting bit of uh of overhearing. Okay. I was in a I was in a store. RJ the spy. <laughs> I was in a store and a lady was talking to a coworker. Uh-huh. And she was complaining about how they don't teach cursive in her son's school. Oh, ho. And all I could think of was, why? Like, Why would you teach cursive? It's, it's literally the most useless skill. It's, yeah. Of all the things I learned in school, that is the one I used the least in yeah. my day-to-day life. Cursive is not a thing I would bother teaching a student, like a whole class of students in 2016. If a student wishes to learn cursive on their own, absolutely. Go for it, kid. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think they're going to need to conduct no. war correspondence no. or seal letters in wax. Is there a wax sealing class anymore? No. No? Well, good. There shouldn't be. <laughs> Nobody teaches typewriter repair anymore for a reason. <laughs> do you want to make more money, though, Rayanne? <laughs> we all do. Uh, medical transcription. <laughs> Private investigation. Real estate. (laughs) Auto mechanics. But uh, the crazy part is this is the same woman who had previously complained about not what her teachers weren't teaching, but what her teachers were teaching. Uh Uh-huh. Because one of the teachers had apparently told her son... It was okay to be gay. and She, oh, was, she sounds like a real fucking winner and anyway. She was, and she was very angry about that. And let's be clear. The phrase, it's okay to be gay, is like <laughs> the least offensive. Yeah, like that's the bare minimum <laughs> of, <laughs> of gay tolerance and acceptance. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I mean, you wouldn't pick it, but I mean... Uh, <laughs> 
If you gotta be. Now get back to learning cursive. Right. Better make sure you can write your diary entries with as many like little flourishes as possible, children. Yeah, I'm just saying, if that is the kind of education you want, why didn't you just keep them home to churn butter all day? Mm-hmm. Enough I'm sorry, that. your kids are going to go out in the world one day and learn things. <laughs> yes. One day they're going to leave the house, they're going to meet a gay person, and, and they're, they're going to have to deal with that. And they're going to fuck them. <laughs> Well, they're going to be too goddamn good looking and they won't and their their burgeoning sexuality will will cave in and okay. they're going to fuck that guy. Well, especially like if he's, I don't know, a male gymnast. RJ. Maybe it's just because it's Olympic season. <laughs> but I guess we'll move on. Ran, what haven't you been telling me? OK, this is uh, not not a classic. What haven't I been telling you? But I'm not good at those anyway. Um <laughs> You and I were talking the other evening about Star Wars. Yeah, we were. We were we were rating our uh uh how we rated the the franchise. Mhm. 1 All through 7, seven movies, yeah. yeah. Top to bottom, bottom to top. Yes. Uh and I was thinking about it. We both rated the prequels in the bottom as a I think every Star Wars fan over a certain age probably does. That's I think true. if you were alive before the prequels existed, you probably rate the prequels at the bottom. Statistics show. <laughs> statistics that i'm making up right now uh, uh you know they sound believable though yeah now anecdotal to, evidence yeah. shows <laughs> well you just need to make up some like phony baloney sounding institute just be like the american institute for, for sci-fi for, films yes anyway so we both rated the prequels at the bottom but i thought in the spirit of being good sports and the fact that even though we rated them at the bottom i don't think we actually hate the prequels as much as a lot of people our age do no, not not as much, not as much. Okay. But maybe that's because of my contrarian nature. <laughs> well, I wanted to say, let's split the difference and let's, I want to talk about our, our favorite and least favorite parts of the prequels. Ooh, I feel like we could do a whole episode on that. On that's... just on that. But we're just going to keep it real short. One favorite, one Least favorite. One favorite part, one least favorite part. I've got prequels. mine preloaded if you want me well, to go please, first. Well, please, please. Uh, well, I mean, this is supposed to be about what you haven't been telling me, really. Right. So, so. that'll give you a chance to think, too. Yeah. Okay. What, what, do you, what, do you, what is your least favorite <laughs> My part? My least favorite part of the prequels is the part in Attack of the Clones when Anakin <laughs> Skywalker and Padme Amidala are hanging out on Naboo in this idyllic farmland. Rolling in the heather together. But there's this one scene in particular where they're staring off over this balcony and he reaches towards her in the creepiest way that a human <laughs> could reach towards another human. And it's supposed to be romantic. And it's not. <laughs> no? No. He's like, and maybe, maybe, I'm just having this realization right now as I'm talking about it. It's always creeped me out, this scene. Especially, and the romance in general has just creeped me out. But maybe it's supposed to, because mm. he's going dark side the whole time, slowly but surely. Interesting. Okay, well, that's... I just hmm. had a revelation just now. Just now? Just now. Anyway. Well, you came to tell me something about yourself, and then you found out something <laughs> about yourself. That's what GMP is all about. So anyway, that's been my least favorite part. Okay, well, what's your, what's your favorite part? My then? favorite part uh, is probably from... The Phantom Menace. I think I think I know which part you're gonna say. Yeah. Okay. It's the part. It's the fight scene between Qui Gon Jinn and Darth Maul, which is great in and of itself. 
But in particular, I'm going to talk about one little nugget of it that doesn't involve any clashing of night of night sabers, is what I was about to say, of lightsabers. Uh, and that is the part when they are separated by those like four, like uh, shielded doors, those see-through. Yeah, the sort of like ray shields. Or, yes. Yeah. Those doors come down. Maul and Qui-Gon are separated. They can't continue this, their fight until these doors open. And Maul starts pacing back and forth like a goddamn animal. He's full of rage. He wants to finish this fight. He's got his eyes locked on fucking Qui-Gon, and he's pacing back and forth. He's pacing, and he's back and forth, back and forth, thinking about nothing but how these human legs are garbage, and he can't wait <laughs> to have some mecha some, spider legs. Some demo old spider legs. Um, <laughs> oh, no, wait. That hasn't happened. <laughs> but Qui-Gon just fucking plops down on his knees... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Plops is not conjuring the right image. He just squats and takes the dump right there. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. <laughs> pretty funny. But no, he's like, he's showing you some, some fucking Jedi serenity. Pretty, pretty dark-sided, Qui-Gon. <laughs> okay. He's got to show his dominance. <laughs> it's a display of dominance. See that mall? Now I own this reactor. <laughs> no. Anyway. So Qui-Gon like gets down on his knees and he's just is fucking there meditating. Just like I don't I don't have to rush. I don't have to hurry. I don't have to stress about this. I'm cool. I'm mm-hmm. calm. Mm-hmm. I'm collected. The force is his ally. Yeah. It was it's a great scene. But okay, um my least favorite part or actually I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm okay. going to say my favorite part and then my least favorite part. My favorite part is in Attack of the Clones when Count Dooku fights both <laughs> Obi-Wan and Anakin. Oh, yes, Dooku. Yep, uh, Dooku is my favorite part of the prequels. Other than clones. Uh, eh, I like I like Dooku. You like him better than clones? I like him better than clones. Whoa, whoa, okay. Christopher Lee is a man of infinite, or was a man of infinite charisma and presence. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he fights Obi-Wan and uh, Anakin and immediately chumps Obi-Wan. Uh, or immediately chumps Anakin, sorry. Yeah. And then Obi-Wan tries to fight him by himself. Uh, He wounds him in the arm, and then Obi-Wan's saber gets caught by Anakin, who tries to go take him on with both sabers, and Dooku cuts his hand off. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's just, the whole time, he's just toying with both of them, and it's great. (laughs) RJ just loves that Dooku. Well, there's, I don't know, there's... You like his fencing style. I do, I do, but there's something about that that particular brand of villainy that that has always appealed to me. The villain that is just kind of above it all, you know, (laughs) the kind of like sneering... uh, Yes, erudite perhaps. Yes, the the intelligent man's villain. Yes. Yeah, those those are great villains. Um, But yeah, that's my favorite part, and Dooku is my favorite part. My least favorite part is in Revenge of the Sith when Anakin cuts his head off. That's my least favorite part. <laughs> well, that was very quick. That <laughs> least favorite. <laughs> yep. Pretty weak sauce, man. Yeah. You need to go out like that, man. He didn't get a fair shake in those prequels. Nah, it is what it is. He got to, he got to do plenty of great things in the uh, in the expanded U and yeah. The- in the Clone, Clone Wars, Wars series, and, yeah, which is very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He got to do plenty in that. He got to do uh, plenty in the in the comics. He got mm-hmm. to do plenty in the Tartakovsky Clone Wars animated series yes. too. 
Man, I'd like to dig that up and watch again. Oh yeah, it's great. Like his, uh, there's a training sequence with him and Grievous that's mm-hmm. fantastic. But um, anyway, so that's my thoughts. And now you're listening to Spicy Wars, <laughs> a podcast, Spicy Prog Wars about <laughs> spicy food, prog music, and Star Wars. Could this podcast get any nerdier? I think I don't think it can. I think. It just sprouted like uh, a zillion zits and some taped up glasses. That's how nerdy this podcast has become. Yeah, it just did. But uh, I think with that, we should probably go ahead and take a quick commercial break. Right. We've been talking forever already. We have. But uh, <laughs> And uh, during this commercial break, I think I'll take a little time to think about somewhere to go to just get away from it all. Right. We've been here too long. The name's Brick Chainsaw Murphy, and I used to live hard. I mean, hard as hard can be. Heck, I spent the better part of a decade breaking legs for Microsoft. But I'm putting all that behind me now that I've discovered my true life's passion. So come on down to Barkin' Park, the dog bark for dogs. As sole owner and proprietor, I personally make sure each pupper gets a belly rub and a who's a good boy. It's puppy paradise. Come on down for Wag Wednesday and get buried underneath an avalanche of floppy-eared friends. If I sound excited, that's cause I am. I just love doggies so much with their soulful eyes and lack of judgment. They're just such unconditional friends. And if you don't like dogs, you can go f- yourself. I'll come to your f-ing house and stab your old f-ing family in their sleep. <laughs> Sorry about that. My blood sugar is a little low. <laughs> so hit me up at the parking park, a place where dog snuggles are mandatory. RJ, are you ready for a game? I was born ready for games. In fact, in some circles, I'm known as Yu-Gi-Oh, King of Games. It's time to da 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 Read a book. Yes. I couldn't have said it better. Right. Okay, so you've got some books? Yeah. It's time to play Let's Judge a Book by its title. Okay, if people haven't listened to this show, how does this game work? We're going to take books, and we're going to judge them. By their titles. Thank you, homespun folksy <laughs> game game host Rayan. All right, I'm going to tell RJ the title of a book. RJ is going to tell me what he thinks that book is about, and then I'm going to tell him what it's actually about. Okay, well, I will be very good at this because I don't know if you know this about me. Every morning, part of my morning routine is I start my day with a viewing of the Page Master. <laughs> so I'm going to be very good at this game. Oh, the Page Master. That's a book. That's a book movie I haven't thought about for a while. <laughs> okay, real talk. The only thing I remember about that movie is at one point one of the books says to another book, "Hey, how about you snuggle up with a good book?" Yeah, it's like, ugh, gross. gross. <laughs> the way that book hit on that other book was gross. <laughs> Don't you hit on Whoopi Goldberg like that? <laughs> All right, moving on from the page master. RJ, I'd like you to tell me about the book, The Scorpion Rules. <laughs> okay, um, this book 
is about all the rules that you would need in order to be an off-brand uh, cosplaying or uh, stand-in for the wrestler Sting. Oh, uh, okay. Of former WCW fame. Right. So, so it's got points of advice like... Tell me what one would need to do to cosplay as Sting, the wrestler. Well, I mean, yeah, it's got tons of rules like eh, you, you'll want to paint your face. Now, maybe you want to go with uh, a sort of uh, crescent shape on both sides of, the, of, your, of your eyes. Maybe you want to paint your whole face for the cr- like the crow. Depends on oh, which okay. era you're going. Okay. Uh, I I know who this is now that you're talking about. <laughs> as soon as you said look, look like the crow, I was like, oh okay, okay, I've seen that fucker. Well, here's here's something you might not know. Then okay, he, before before his gimmick didn't make sense. <laughs> uh, okay, he was like a surfer guy who had face paint and like uh, a really tight uh, flat top, blonde flat top. Wait, and wore uh, and wore like sort of neon uh body glove covered colored uh tights. Yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on. You're telling me it was his name Sting at the time? Yes, yes it was. Okay, and he's a surfer dude. Mhm. And with he had a, a flat top. Yep, he had a scorpion on his tights. And okay, there's a scorpion on his tights. Why face paint? Cuz when I think of surfer dudes, <laughs> face paint while it might happen on the boardwalk is not what I think surfers are really you know, into? Well, maybe you're just not going to the right boardwalks. Maybe you need to go to the boardwalks at the Dark Carnival. <laughs> Lots of face paint there. That's that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> Hanging 10 with a hatchet in one hand, a oh, two God. liter of Fago in the other. I don't want to go down the, the juggalo path again. Okay, sorry. I feel, I like... feel like we went there too recently. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just got out and I'm trying to pull you back in. Yeah. That's my fault. But, uh, okay, so what's this book really about? Greta is a duchess and a crown princess. She is also the child of peace, a hostage held by the de facto ruler of the world, the great artificial intelligence, Talus. Well, if she's a child of peace, then she must have been birthed by this very podcast. That's right, because we are a peace-loving fucking podcast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is how the game is played. If you want to rule, you must give one of your children as a hostage. Start a war, and your hostage dies. The system has worked for centuries. Parents don't want to see their children murdered. (laughs) (laughs) Except those Ramses, am I right? Oh, 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 hey! 90s topical reference. Greta will be free if she can make it to her 18th birthday. Until then, she is prepared to die with dignity if necessary. But everything changes when Elian arrives at the preceptor. He's a hostage from the New American Alliance. (laughs) And he defies the machines that control every part of their lives and is severely punished for it. Take that, Keurig. I don't don't want one of your three sizes of coffee. How about that? How about I want a size between medium and large? And I don't even want coffee. I want lemonade. How about that? How about that? His rebellion opens Greta's eyes to the brutality of the rules they live under and to the subtle resistance of her companions. And Greta discovers her own quiet power. 
Then Elion's country declares war on Greta's and invades the prefecture, taking hostages hostage. Now the the (laughs) Does it really say hostages hostage? Yes, it does. Amazing. (laughs) Whoever wrote this, give that person a Pulitzer right now. Yep. Now the great Talus is furious and coming himself to deliver punishment, which surely means that Greta and Elion will be killed. Unless Greta can think of a way to break all the rules. <laughs> I'm putting a little sass on the end of that. But uh, I like the idea that uh, <laughs> this new American Alliance kid's going to come in and show them other kids about some fucking freedom. Yep. And not only that, but she's going to break all the rules. Yep. She's going to be driving 60 and a 55 <laughs> while naked and urinating in public. And... uh. I don't know. What are the rules? <laughs> Those are the only rules don't I know. Don't start a war is the only one I know from, oh, the, from well, that blurb. I, I don't know. That's worked out pretty well for America so far. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are the only rules I know. I don't get naked or pee in public, and I don't speed. So, <laughs> And most of those are true. Um, most of them. But uh, okay, what's, what's the next book, Ryan? Predator 1. Okay, Predator 1 is a book about the American drone off championships. Okay. In a sort of Quidditch style. <laughs> wherein you've got to uh you've got to fly these predator drones just so. And uh-huh. uh, you gotta do loop de loops. You gotta like You gotta do loop loop de deaths and <laughs> You gotta deliver packages. Yeah. <laughs> and bomber rolls. Mm-hmm. And uh, former U.S. flyboy Mick Mick Jackson. <laughs> Mick Jackson. That's a good name for these books. Yeah, types of books. Former U.S. <laughs> uh, Air Force flyboy Mick Jackson has been grounded from his plane, but not from drone flying. Oh, so now there he's got to go. pick himself back up by his bootstraps and prove once again that he can fly the deadly skies. That's good. RJ, you are extremely close, <laughs> actually. Yeah? Is that a point? Are we calling that a point? Uh, we don't keep points in my games, because oh. my games are just for funsies. Uh. You can have a point if you want, though. Yes, point. All right. On opening day of the new baseball season, a small model kit airplane flies down from the stands and buzzes the mound, where a decorated veteran pilot is about to throw out the first ball. <laughs> The toy plane is the exact replica of the one flown by the war hero. Everyone laughs, thinking it's a prank or a publicity stunt, until it explodes, killing dozens. Wow, I was close. I know! <laughs> Seconds later, a swarm of killer drones descend upon the panicked crowd, each one carrying a powerful bomb. All across the country, artificial intelligence drive engines in cars, commuter trains, and even fighter planes go out of control. The death toll soars as the machines we depend on every day are turned into engines of destruction. Well, somebody better get Superman here because <laughs> Toy Man is running amok. Yep, sounds like it. Yep, and we need we need the Man of Steel to come and save us. Joe Ledger and the Department of <laughs> Military Science. <laughs> uh, Mick Jackson, Joe Ledger. I'm going to call that close. Yeah, I call that a win. (laughs) 
Joe Ledger and the Department of Military Sciences go on the hunt for whoever is controlling these machines. Also, can I just say that Joe Ledger sounds like a sort of uh, bookkeeping for (laughs) Joe's? I see you're over budget on your Joes. (laughs) I keep all that information in my Joe ledger, you understand? (laughs) Gotta keep the books balanced. The Joes balanced. I see here in uh, 2008, you had a real excess of Joe Plumbers. (laughs) And uh, a real uh, deficit of Joe Millionaires. (laughs) Yeah, ever since like 2004, we haven't seen any of those. (laughs) But every step of the way, they are met with tracks and shops that strike the heart of the DMS. No one is safe. Nowhere is safe. Enemies, old and new, rise as America burns. You're not safe. Your family's not safe. Your kids aren't safe. Everything's going to crap. Joe Ledger and his team are back in Jonathan Mabry's seventh book in the series. Oh my god. They begin a desperate search for the secret to this new technology and the madman behind it, but before they can close in on the enemy, the virus infects Air Force One, the president entrapped aboard, as the jet heads towards the heart of New York City. It has become Predator One. (laughs) And then Harrison Ford looks at the camera and says, Get Hal 9000 <laughs> off my plane. So, yeah, I thought that one was pretty funny. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, kind of, kind of long, but I tried to make it fun. Oh, it, it's fun in all the wrong ways. <laughs> it's, okay, so what's the, what's the last book, Ryan? I promise that nobody is going to talk about the American, uh, you know, America and what it means to them in this next book. I'm not so sure. <laughs> All right, RJ, tell me about Tweet Me. Tweet Me. Okay. Tweet Me is a hookup guide book <laughs> of all the do's and don'ts for approaching somebody on Twitter <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a courtship way. Okay. Advice like, don't ask permission. Just send them pictures of your dick. <laughs> And if they don't like it, they're probably just stuck up. Probably. Seems legit. Yep. Uh, And other rules, like uh, if somebody makes a genuine approach to you in a romantic fashion, screen cap it and then tweet it out to all your followers and make fun of that person who only made the mistake of making themselves emotionally vulnerable before you. Really? (laughs) Oh, that one didn't didn't strike you as funny, huh? (laughs) Uh, ah, swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Uh, and then drones come in and bomb. Oh, okay. Oh, as long as there's drones, waka I feel waka. much better. <laughs> America's burning in a xenophobic rage. Um, <laughs> and of course, all this attack took place at a baseball game. Yeah. Um, America's pastime, yeah, if you I, will. Yeah, I just I don't understand the metaphor. <laughs> okay. But yeah, what's what's the book? Let me tell you about. Let me tell you a little something about Tweet Me. First, I got to read this off the cover here. What he wanted to do to her couldn't be put in a tweet. (laughs) So I was close on this one too. (laughs) I'd say yeah, yeah, sure. I won. um, I won this game. I won. (laughs) I win. I'm a winner. What I say to that blurb though from the front of the book is, um, I've seen Twitter. Okay, 
You can put a lot of things in a tween. <laughs> Content-wise. Yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> he, what he wanted to do to her. He wanted to sit her down and have her read War and Bees. <laughs> Too many characters. Can't, can't fit that in a tweet. <laughs> Don't call. Don't text. Tweet me. <laughs> Married to her work, event planner Avery Kurtz runs her life and her business on a private message feed. She has no time to waste on emails or a love life, and Valentine's Day just means more parties to plan. <laughs> but when Tanner Voss, <laughs> best man in Avery's best friend's wedding, is assigned to help finalize plans, her world is turned heart side up. That's a lot of that's a lot of bests there. I know. This is the, so whoever wrote this doesn't know how to write. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm t- calling it like I see it. Snap, snap. How are you? How are you deciphering it from uh, the pictograms <laughs> that they've drawn? Then they just don't know how to write well. Oh, okay. Sorry, I misunderstood. Okay. The hot shot attorney might be a player. He's hit on her before, and she avoided that mistake. But he's also surprisingly cooperative, focused on making the perfect choices for their friends. And even on board with her messaging preference. I love right now, and you did it earlier too. <laughs> whenever you're reading these book descriptions today, you, you do a little dance while you're reading it. That's my favorite part. That's helping me get into the like, uh, I gotta be emotional, emotional while I'm reading them so that they come off funny to yeah. me. And it's, I don't know, it reminds me very much of like somebody trying to like, Pop and lock. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, like you take one hand from the other side and bring it back over to the other hand. And it's like you got an imaginary ball on your shoulders just going back and forth of literature. Yeah, see, I didn't think I was being that bad about it, but okay. And a bad, you mean great about it. You're making this podcast great again. This podcast used to be good, and now it's trash. Thanks, Obama. All right. Between the erotic dreams about her sexy litigator and her body urging her to forget caution, Avery is wondering if she was wrong about Tanner and wants him to do more than tweet me. <laughs> um, her body urging her to forget caution yeah. is something that if you take it out of from a sexual context... <laughs> becomes immediately hilarious her get in body, front of that bus yeah <laughs> her body's like uh dive in that open ocean where <laughs> sharks live with a gaping weeping sore a weeping wound that's a good idea you yep. go ahead and do that girl you, you live you go you t- you have that shark tweet you if it wants to eat you <laughs> ew um <laughs> i feel like a, this book was just written to be like, Twitter's a thing. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the kids will like this adult <laughs> content book. I can't wait until they've got Snap Me. <laughs> uh, but I also love the uh, the sentence that goes like, hey, this guy and her have a past. He's hit on her before and she avoided that mistake. But then she's like, in the same within the same sentence, like, you know what? Maybe I'll... <laughs> well, if you just tweet her enough, she'll change her mind, right? Yeah. I assume he sends her nothing but cute dog pics, because mm. I think that's really the way to any woman's heart. Like actual dogs or like 
Snapchat filter dog pics. Both? But oh, mostly okay. cute real dogs. Yeah, those are the best kind. Look, if I was if I was having a flirtation an online flirtation with somebody, I would want it to be all cute animals because that's the way I know that you're cool. <laughs> and not a monster. And on that note, I think we need to take a break and snuggle our own cute animal while these next commercials play. Sounds good. Hi-ho, campers. It's me, Park Ranger Shalice, here to tell you about an exciting new family vacation spot, Woodsy Pals Parks and Campgrounds. What makes Woodsy Pals Parks and Campgrounds better than other tree-filled ground sleep areas? Easy. Our wildlife has been genetically engineered to walk and talk like humans. Our staff geneticist, Dr. Moreau, has assured us that the creatures are family-friendly, but just in case, here are a few safety tips. Your picnic basket may go missing from time to time. This is normal. It is neither wabbit nor duck season at any time in our park. Please leave your firearms at home. If an owl or a bear approaches you, don't move. They just want to lecture your children about pollution and fire safety, respectively. Our blue jays and raccoons are exceedingly lazy. Please feel free to yell at them until they return to work. Just remember these tips and you'll have a great time at our park. Naturally. See what I did there? Like nature. Woodsy Pals Parks and Campgrounds, a partner of OSPA. And we're back from podcast vacation, also known as commercials. Commercials. Yep, I'm feeling very well rested now, mm -hmm. uh, thanks to all that uh, revenue and income from all those products we just sold. This money makes me feel so much better about life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Ram, we're back, and that can only mean one thing. That means it's time for a game. A game from RJ. A game from RJ with points. Boo, points. <laughs> now go on. Uh, and today we're going to be playing a little game called Know Your Google. Know Your Google. Um, and because we're just a couple of weirdos over here, mm -hmm. uh, this week's theme on Know Your Google is strange. Doctor Strange? Mm, maybe. We'll see. Oh, okay. Um, Here's my favorite part of Doctor Strange. That one old comic where Wong comes up to him and he's like, Master, you're spending too much money. I don't know what to do. I'm out of money. And then Strange goes like, Woom, bitch, here's your money. Now quit fussing at me about it. <laughs> What's my favorite? Strange, but I have my money. <laughs> but... uh the way Know Your Google works is uh, I've run a number of searches related to the theme of strange, okay. and Ran is going to tell me what pops up when I run that result through Google. I'm just going to have to believe in myself. Yeah. Um, Trust okay. in the heart of the cards. So your first question. Yes. I have in Know Your Google Strange Edition, I have Stranger Things. Oh, the popular show of the moment, which is in fact very good, so you should all go watch it. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a it's spooky scary though so be prepared. I know you better bring an extra pair of booze. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I can't be the only one who likes to get drunk when they're scared. <laughs> That's why I wouldn't make it in a horror movie. Um, have you heard the interesting uh, conspiracy theory about Stranger Things? Okay. Uh, there's a Is theory. This a, should should we should we say spoiler warning? Uh, sure. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. All right. Watch out. You're going to get spoiled. Yep. 
Uh, Put that milk in the fridge, y'all. <laughs> well, the conspiracy is that the character Steve from Stranger Things, okay, the jockish boyfriend character, right, with the sweet hair, yes, is that he is the father of the care of one of the characters from a modern sitcom. Now, is he the father of a character from The Office, according to this theory? From Parks and Rec, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, mm. or from Broad City? Mm. I'm going to say that he's the father of someone on... <clears throat> he's the father of someone on Broad City? I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Okay, good. <laughs> the The theory is, because this show is set in the 80s. In the and, 80s, yeah. Uh, that he could be the father of a character from a modern show, and that character uh, is Jean Ralphio from Parks and Rec. I almost guessed that. And they've got some side-by-sides here of the two of them. Yeah, they have a similar, like, nose-eyebrow situation going on they have a similar uh hair situation going on <laughs> well yes big hair also big <laughs> hair but i figured you would enjoy that since i know you're a fan of both stranger things and parks and rec yes do you put any stock in it though uh no oh it's not sorry a real pawnee's not spooky enough <laughs> okay well next up on know your google strange edition mm-hmm. we have dr strange all right dr strange soon to have a movie mm-hmm and speaking of, uh, when I run a Google image search for Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. how many of the top ten results are images of the movie Doctor mm. Strange? How many of the top ten are movie Strange? Yes. How many of the top ten are well, Benedict the, Cumberbatch? The the machine or something from the film. The full the the preview machine is in full effect at the moment because it is coming out soon. Um, so out of the top 10, I'm going to say that at least five are movie strange. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Damn. Uh, at the time of this search, uh, eight of the top 10 Ah! results are movie strange. I'm so mad. Yep. There's eight movie stranges, one cosplay strange, (laughs) and one One comic book drawn. drawn strange. Yep. Is he going like this, arms up in the air, making the hands? You tell me. Yep. <laughs> I call that a win. <laughs> I, I give you a bonus point. Thank you. <laughs> I know what comic book strange looks like. Arms up, making the hands. Points, Rand. Points. <laughs> okay, so next up in Know Your Google Strange Edition, mm-hmm. I have... My Strange Addiction. Oh, dear. Do you, do you know this show? Uh, yeah, this is a show where like people have pica or whatever, and they have to eat weird things. Like, uh, yeah, that's like rocks part. or something. Yeah, I mean, it's just basically... Watch these people uh, eat weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, watch these people eat weird stuff, or like, it, it's the modern, acceptable face of the freak show yeah. of old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that sounds correct to me. But uh, when I Google My Strange Addiction under videos... Uh, you get a, a number of clips here, and uh, in the top four results, we get a woman who drinks paint, Ew. a woman who eats her husband's ashes, uh. a woman who ha- who does pony play, 
where she dresses up like a a horse and runs around and plays with actual horses. Okay. And we've got a woman who's addicted to being Madonna. Is that woman Madonna? (laughs) She's she's got the worst addiction (laughs) of all. Someone really needs to get her off the stuff. But she can't. She's she's living in a material world. I am a material girl, you know. Anyway, um, but uh, so I what I'm going to ask you to do is go ahead and place those top four results in the order in which they appear. Oh God. Okay. So I'm thinking that the internet's loving the pony play one because that's pretty weird. Followed by the woman who eats her husband's ashes because that is legitimately disturbing to me. Um. Well, if you eat his ashes, you gain his power. I guess. Which I guess is to be dead. Do you just like put it in a cup of like orange juice, like Metamucil in the morning? <laughs> or maybe some coffee, like some coffee, mate? Ugh. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. It's like, mm, this tastes like Burt. Mm, bone meal. <laughs> Good old Burt bone meal. Anyway. Okay, so that's one and two, then three would be um, drinking paint, because I'm sure that's got a good visual, with the paint having colors and stuff, okay. just running down your chin as you, like, gulp it up. In my, in my... Glub, glub, glub. In my, in, in my mental image, she's just drinking straight out of, like, a gallon paint can. She's looking at a paintbrush like a lollipop. And then the last one is whatever's left. Uh, being Madonna? Being Madonna. Oh, you got two out of four, so you know what? Hamsies. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give you half a point. Okay. Um, the order is number one, eating dead husband. Okay. Number two, disturbing pony play. I had those inversed. Damn. Yep. Number three, drinking paint. Mm-hmm. And number four, being Madonna. Yeah. I just and- being Madonna one while fucked up. Out of that list is the least fucked up. Well, the uh, drinking paint also has the blurb here. It tastes like warm milk, which, <laughs> like, how does that? Uh, how does that to you sound like an appetizing thing to tell somebody? It tastes like chalk and chemicals. Mm, it tastes like that thing that everybody likes to drink cold for some reason. <laughs> I bet <laughs> it tastes like room temperature ice cream. Mm. I bet it does taste like when you have to when you take some like, mm, not Pepto, but the other stuff. What's it called? Phillips? No, that's for pooping. But that one probably tastes like milk of chalky. Mag- magnesia. There you go. Mm, milk of mm. magnesia. I bet it tastes like that shit. You got to get a bottle of Kaopectate. Yeah, like, uh, sure. Like the Sugar Hill Gang told you. I don't know what the Sugar Hill Gang told you. It was the first instance of product placement in a rap song. Did they pay for that? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Yeah. Hey, Sugar Hill Gang, <laughs> we're here from the big, big K.O. Pectate uh, corporate <laughs> office. We're going to give you $500 if you put this in your song. Well, I do do a lot of pooping, so. All right, son, let's sign on the line here. <laughs> You're the new brand spokesman. Okay, so next up in Know Your Google, Strange Edition, Uh huh. we have the song Don't Talk to Strangers. Okay, for children, I assume? No, this is a song by the late, great Ronnie James Dio. Okay, I don't know this one. Uh, I was hoping maybe you weren't super familiar, otherwise this question would be too easy. Well, (laughs) Uh, I only want to listen to the Ronnie James Dio songs that are about, like, 
riding tigers or uh, being a rainbow in the dark or well, well, uh, holy luck. diving. <laughs> well, you are in luck. Well, this one's on the album, Holy Divers. So. Okay. Uh, well, you're in luck, though, because in the song, in addition to warning you to not talk to strangers, he he warns you against a number of other things okay. as well. Uh, which of the following is not a real thing that Dio warns you about in okay. the song, Don't Talk to Strangers? This ought to be good. Does he warn you, don't go to the edge of rainbows? He does love rainbows, this guy. Uh, don't write in starlight. <laughs> yeah. Don't hide in doorways. Okay. Or don't dance in darkness. Oh, man. Those are all really good, and they all feel legit to Dio. I'm going to say don't hide in doorways, because that sounds like something a grandma would say. <laughs> well, in case of an earthquake, you want to hide in doorways. <laughs> yeah, but I I can just hear a grandma. Don't lurk in the doorway. Get into the room or get out of it. <laughs> are you saying Dio's not a grandma? <laughs> I mean, he might be. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, that is in fact in the song Don't Talk to Strangers. Damn. What he does not warn you about in Don't Talk to Strangers is going to the edge of rainbows. Damn, that's that was the, my favorite one, so well, that's a shame. it might be your favorite one because that is from another Dio song. <laughs> that is from Dream Evil. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's pretty great. So Dio all around, even when it's not don't talk to strangers, is all about warning you about doing things. I know. He's got he is like the public service announcement against like evil shady things in the dark <laughs> that might get you. Yeah, I, I would really recommend if you want your kid to grow up right <laughs> to have them listen to the music of Ronnie James. Right. James it certainly Dio. won't spook him out. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and last up in Know Your Google, Strange Edition. Yeah. We have the slang word, strange. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Rand, do you know what, do you know what slang yeah, is? Yeah, I know what that, I, I know what that means. <laughs> I know what that means. You can tell by the fact that I just went, uh, Why don't you, uh, why don't you give me a, a quick uh, definition for the people at home? This is stupid. Just for education, for, purely for their edification. Uh, he's taking too much pleasure in making me talk about this. Uh, it's a it's a it's a gross ass way to say fucking somebody different. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, and I know this because when I Google strange slang, the first place that pops up, of course, Urban Dictionary. Good old Urban Dictionary. Now I didn't know this about Urban Dictionary, but when you look up a piece of slang on Urban Dictionary, you have the option to have the word itself or phrase itself uh as well as the definition put on a t-shirt nice and also on another item god damn it now in addition to a t-shirt what can you have a piece of slang put on on uh on urban dictionary on urban dictionary is it a towel <laughs> Welcome to my home. Please enjoy the 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 tea towel in the kitchen. Uh, it says uh, something really gross on it that I can't think of all of a sudden. Damn. A it hoodie? lets you know what supermaning is. Uh. A hoodie. Okay. A mug. Uh huh. Or a necklace. Oh gosh. That's what I want. The definition, the slang definition of strange on my on your necklace? beautiful necklace. 
It's disgusting. Uh, I'm going to say a mug. <laughs> you are correct. Ding, ding, ding. Mugs are easy to put fucking decals on. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm basing that mm-hmm. on. Uh, and in fact, I'm looking here at the at the strange mug. On the front side, it just says strange. Uh huh. And on the back side, I've actually used the second definition because I found it more amusing. Of course you did. Uh, which the second definition on the site is a description commonly applied by male Americans, bachelors, <laughs> bachelors in the 50s and 60s <laughs> to the anonymous mass of women. Anonymous <laughs> mass! Whom they aspire to engage in casual sex with. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> a clever, still slightly naughty synonym for more profane terms like pussy or trim. Gross. <laughs> All that shit gross, man. So uh, you're just going to sit down in the morning, have a nice cup of strange. That's so disgusting. <laughs> uh, uh, who requested that? Who wanted that? Uh. Well, I think we could all use a little bit of a palate cleanse after that. Absolutely. Um, by the way, uh, you have gotten on this week's Know Your Google, you've gotten two and a half points. Hooray for so me. So I'd say that's a win. That's out of five. That's, you know, 50 That's 50%. technically 50%. I say that's a win. Pass we ra- or fail. We round up to a win. <laughs> uh, and I think we're going to go ahead and take one last commercial break to ease the stress and yeah. just, and you know, Clear all that work nonsense away. Mm-hmm. Day-to-day life can be a chore. And don't you deserve a moment just to get away from it all? Of course you do. You're more deserving than other people. That's why we at Imperial Boaters Shipline are dedicated to giving you the serene ocean voyage you've always dreamed of. When you've got wanderlust and yearn for a more exotic seafaring diarrhea... <gasps> Hello? This thing on? Yar, I'm the captain now. And if you be wanting to sail the high seas, come join us on pirate cruises. We've got such amenities for you salty dogs, such as all the stale bread you can eat. An exercise deck with rowing, rowing, and of course, rowing. The occasional lemon. Wouldn't want you to get the scurvy. Fair trade rum, pillaged fairly from a British vessel. Three different varieties of companion parrot. Talk to the people, Paul. Ah, salty fucking crackers! Ah, I know all the curses in Spanish! Ah. So join us, scallywags, or find yourself in Davy Jones' locker, wondering what might have been. Pirate cruises. Hey, welcome back. It's time for the end of the show part of the show. Don't you think, RJ? Yeah, if we have to. I mean, I don't want to leave you guys. It's time to go. Okay. RJ, what do you want to go out on this week? Um, Well, this week, as I do every week, I, of course, want to thank the listeners because um, it means the world to me that you all take the time to listen to this show week after week. We're on 19th episode. We're approaching 20. Um bananas so yeah the fact that you've stuck with us and listened to the show or you're new to the show and we're still you know trying to grow that's uh that means a great deal i also wanted to do something a little out of the ordinary too and thank 
Kevin McLeod, who uh, <laughs> on his royalty-free music site uh, provides a lot of the music that we yeah use we for take the show. Like, almost exclusively almost exclusively. So thanks so much because I don't like to look. <laughs> thanks so much to Kevin McLeod for that. Um, yep. Go check out his stuff if you're doing a fun project. It's all royalty free. You just have to put the uh, information in your um, information part of mm-hmm. your thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and of course, Kevin, if you hear this and you wanted to pay us back for plugging you, maybe you want to go leave us a rate and review on iTunes. <laughs> or any of you listening, you can you know you can leave us a rate and review too. You don't have to be a Kevin McLeod to leave us a review. You can iTunes. be any Joe millionaire off the street. You could be any Joe Rogan you want. You can leave us little reviews <laughs> that say sweet, sweet nothings into our ears. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Joe Rogan, and uh, I think these GMP people uh, have a very good show. You should, you should listen to the show. Uh, they're on iTunes and Stitcher and uh, Google Play uh, and Google Play as well. Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. <laughs> but uh, Rayan, what did you want to go out on this week? Okay, so this week, uh, I want to just let you all know how to contact us. This week, I want to let you all know how to get in contact with us. You can reach us via email at at gmail.com. You can get on Facebook at facebook.com slash govmanpod. And you can reach us on Twitter at govmanpod. I'm on Twitter at rae underscore gun. Yes, and I'm at upscale hobo. And I want you to go out and to this week, and I want you to think about how you're bringing peace to the world. Yes, whether that's through casting pods or mm-hmm. eating spice mm-hmm. uh, or playing prog music for all the world <laughs> to hear. Yes. Uh, th- go out there, m- make the world a more peaceful place. Talk about your favorite cocoa recipes. <laughs> uh, but while you're doing that, I want you to remember one thing. Big Brother's watching you. And he thinks you're boring. Sorry, we went off on like (laughs) Joe Rogan selling bucket. Oh, that's Joe Rogan. (laughs) That's that's gonna be my favorite bit. Joe Rogan Coco. Joe Rogan Joe Rogan. <laughs> that's my favorite part. Uh, where I just have Joe Rogan say Joe Rogan over and over again. That's very funny. Joe Rogan Joe Rogan. Oh, uh, uh, and you've just joined us. If you're just tuning in, this is the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> I'm Joe Rogan, and I'll be your Joe Rogan tonight. <laughs> uh, violence erupted just outside of Kazakhstan. <laughs> the UN is sending a peacekeeping force. Uh, aliens have landed in uh, Branson, Missouri, and uh, <laughs> oh, they said they wanted to go see a musical, and uh, we said Hamilton. <laughs> they landed and said, ah. Uh, in Soviet Russia, <laughs> Yakov Smirnov uh, abducts you. It's a good joke for me, Joe Rogan. I'm also a comedian, did you know? <laughs> oh, shit. Now we're going to get like CND letters from Joe Rogan. <laughs> hey, I'm Joe Rogan. Stop using my name. I'm Joe Rogan.
<laughs> this is my Joe Rogan impression. That's a pretty good impression. Now let's say something about fights. Okay. Hold on. Use all your fight expertise. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this guy's taking the other guy, and he's grabbing his leg, and he's pulling him down. Oh, this is going to be a real match here tonight. He's going to be, oh, no, he's, oh, oh, my God, did you see that? Did you see that? He's he's fucking taking his elbows, and he's putting his elbows behind his ear. And he's taking his other elbow, and he's putting it behind his other ear. And then he was tickling his armpits. Oh, my God, it was the best fucking fight I've ever seen. What's what's that move called? <laughs> uh, that's called the old behind-the-ear tickler. <laughs> <laughs> Very technical. <laughs> It was named for Jim Oban, the ear tickler. <laughs> it was quite a family My name. My Joe Rogan voice is very good. <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> See, I know now that if I just say Joe Rogan, I'm going to make RJ laugh. Yeah, it's yeah. a cheat. It's a cheat code. <laughs> it's the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start of making RJ laugh. You just get 99 <laughs>, laughs. 